Hey everyone, this is uh, Joe. It's about three hours before this episode goes live and I just happened to be looking at the podcast stats and I noticed that today we hit 100 listens to all of our episodes combined and I just wanted to say a great big thanks. Uh, I know 100 isn't a lot to to in the grand scheme of everything, but for us just starting... Uh, it means the world to both James and me. So uh, thanks again, and thanks especially to you people that leave us uh, feedback. Without feedback, it feels like you're alone shouting to the void and you wonder if it's worth it. Uh, kind of a problem I have with my blog sometimes. But anyway, so especially for the ones who, who, who send the feedback and to everyone for listening, thank you so very much. Now let's get on to the episode. <laughs> This is the Decahedron Podcast with Joe and James, two old dudes talking about RPG stuff. Hi, James. Hello, Joseph. And what are we talking about today? Today, I thought we would do a review. The book we're reviewing today is very much an OSR product. And the book is called The Basic Fantasy Equipment Emporium. It's pretty much just a big old price list of goods for the basic fantasy role-playing game, which is kind of an OSR game. It's not a D&D retro clone. It is its own thing. It takes kind of the 3E rules and make, strips out a whole bunch and makes them very old school and feel, but without actually trying to emulate any particular version of the old game. Anyway, Basic Fantasy is by Chris Gonerman, but this book uh, says it's by... Uh, Joe Ludlum, R. Kevin Smoot. That's a cool name. I like that. And Alan uh, Vetter, also a pretty cool name. Uh, and it looks like it was done between 2010 and 2019, which is kind of funny. But we'll talk about we'll talk about everything in a bit. This is our first review. And so what we did, we said, hey, you pick out three things you like, three things you don't like. I'll do the same. Other than that, despite your attempts. I have refused to tell you anything about what I picked and refused to hear anything about what you pick. And so if our list has duplicates, it has duplicates, and I think that's beneficial. Okay. Uh, I'm going to disagree on a couple of those comments you made. All right. This book, definitely, and this is one of my dislikes out of it. All right. Well, what, why don't we just start the, the dislikes then? Okay. Unless you have something general to say, we'll start at the dislikes. Well, to me, it is general. It definitely has the D&D feel to it more than other games. And that was the one complaint I had that I wish the book had been a little more open and maybe not just the fantasy genre, maybe throw in the modern genre so it's more useful to any game. It does feel like it's more fantasy to me. That's actually something I was going to discuss after we were talking about everything. I figured, well, once, once, once we go through our list, we'll talk about our general thoughts. And so I'm going to save my comments to that on the general thoughts. So was that your, like, number three on the bad list? I'm going to say it was. <laughs> I'm going to say it's more on my number one on that part. Uh, see, now you're going out of order. So I'm going to give you my number three then, and then you can give your number three, and then uh, we'll just flip-flop. So my number three is that there were just some weird organizational choices. And I just wrote down one as an example, but there are a couple others. So the one I wrote down was blanket. So if you're looking for a blanket, you're looking for a blanket, you can look under 
household items and you'll see that there's a flannel bank blanket and you'll see that there's a wool blanket. If you look under general equipment, you'll see that there's a winter blanket. Why aren't all the blankets in one place? <laughs> now, I, I know why. The reason is because when they made this book, they had a whole bunch of supplements that they were going by. And so the general equipment table, I want to say, was pulled out of the, the, the rule book for the game. And it was just put in there. And then they, you know, did all the others. But to me, uh, choices like that make it a little difficult to use. I'm also curious what the difference between a winter blanket and a wool blanket is. Apparently, one pound, uh, they cost the same. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that as that for number three. So what's your number three for bad things? <laughs> I really didn't do as bad or good. I did it on overall list. But my biggest gripes were, you're right, they took them right out of the supplements whatever book they took it out of. But there are certain things that was too far. And what I mean by that is the household appliances. Unless you're going to be running a store or starting a farm or some business of some type, that type of list is just not as useful. Uh, see, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that is useful because that's the kind of stuff that when a player says, hey, I'm going to start my own tavern, James... Or they say, hey, I want to open up a mill on the river across from the village, James. <laughs> and you need that the prices for that weird stuff. It's nice to have a reference that you can go to or just throw out the player and say, hey, pick out the prices for what you'll need. So actually, I think that's a plus instead of a minus. But, well, you know, we're allowed to disagree. But I'll, I'll go into an explanation on that one, at least. Most games I play, the characters never do anything but adventure and party sake of argument they don't have and i i hate this part of it they don't have a real life thing you don't have them going around all week collecting food for their home or chopping wood and piling it the game that you were referring to you were trying to get a world building type game that's why the tavern and the bridge i was trying to build got there if we, if you had not been doing world building, I probably would have never thought of it. But you did, and it's nice to have have that option. And frankly, I'd rather have a game where players are contributing to the village rather than just being a new village every week. But now we're going far afield. So my number two for the bad thing list is some logical issues. I always look for this when I see a price list, and I always find them. I just look for different ones because it's just tough to make a list of this many items. I wonder how many items there are. I didn't count. There's 48 pages, but there's a lot of descriptions. I would say easily a few hundred items, right? I'd go yeah. a little higher, but... Yeah, somewhere around there, though. Okay. Anyway, so it's hard to do a list that big and make sure that everything makes sense with everything else. And so we have this weird thing on the trade commodities table where... <laughs> You have bronze, copper, tin, golds, all that fun stuff. And bronze is less than copper or tin, which is weird because bronze is a mixture of about seven parts copper and one part tin. So if anything, its price should fall somewhere in between. And as usefulness, it's more useful than bronze uh than copper because i mean that was the whole point of bronze that's why i had a bronze age people were able to make tools from it swords and all that fun stuff that you can't do with copper because copper is too soft and so <laughs> why is that metal worth less than the two base metals it's made from 
It's just not logical. It doesn't make sense. I'm sure if I picked through, there'd be others. That's not huge. I mean, it's a game. Play it, have fun. And like I said, every price list I've ever seen, there's always something like that on there. I'm not going to hold it against them, but it irks me just a little bit. I did read that section, but it's more of a cursory reading of it. But I, I understand your point. But you and I have both been around for some time. So we actually looked into history stuff and also the different uses of items. So the average player today is not going to know the difference of what their weapons or armor is made out of other than it says leather armor or plate mail. So that page is useful for the people who like to research their character and understand how everything works. But I'll go on to my next thing. I liked and hated this at the same time. There's a <laughs> but, section in the back. But you decided of, to put on your dislike list. Okay, we'll go with the hate. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> the They have a section in the back of the book that is useful for quick magic item builds. But I don't think it had enough details in there. It was just, it felt half done. Are, but are, I, you, are you talking about the, uh, the table on page 48? Yes, that's the one. I'm just going to rush to its defense. The purpose of the book is really, from their point of view, to be a supplement for the basic fantasy RPG. And so that's just replacing one table from the core rules of that book. They don't really intend for this book to stand aside, although they kind of say that they do in the intro. So, yeah, I wavered on that. I'm going to extend on not just that, but the whole book. The whole book feels like it was... um, Written for a younger reader, which I understand. The artwork, the name, and the the way they wrote it up was really trying to get to the new players, the players that didn't understand the game fully, to get them a starting point. I don't know if you see that. I'm not sure I would agree. I don't think the OSR attracts a lot of uh, new players. I think they mainly attract old grognards who are dissatisfied with the new rules aren't trying to relive their youth. <laughs> that may be so, but it felt like it was written at a ninth grade level. And I don't mean they wrote badly. I just mean they dumped it down. It was easy to read. Right. I think that's a plus rather than a minus personally, but hey, that's you. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's it for our bad list. I guess that moves us to goods. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'm going to go first because I think you're going to jump on this once I get All right. there. Now, this is many things, and it goes back to my idea. When I create a character, I tend to make a lot of notes of what I want. And this book is helpful in that manner because it gives you ideas to work with. One of my favorite ideas, and I've done this in the past, and of course it depends on the race, I've um, in here, they had riding mounts, which it included dogs, rams, and a list of other ones, and the armor that went with them. So when I'm creating a character, and if I want to do a riding mount, the information was there. It also went into descriptions of the weapons. Even though they didn't do a long list of weapons, they did at least the basic description and tried to leave it open-ended for the weapons, the armors. So that's one of the things I liked out of it. So I'm going to, uh, I'm glad you kind of said that because 
one of the things I toyed about putting on my dislike list. By the way, I left off something from my dislike list. I didn't say my number one dislike. We'll do that in a minute. Anyway, one of the things that irked me a little bit is that, so the format of the book is that they have a table of goods. And then after the table, they have descriptions of what those goods are. Mm -hmm. But not everything is given a description. And some things that are pretty obvious, a sword, I think if you're playing these games, you know what a sword is, uh, are given descriptions and other things aren't. I, I just don't know what the rationale was between, oh, let's put this in, let's not put this in. But overall, I agree with your point, yes. I'm going to jump back to the bad list because I left off my number one bad. And I actually have a blog post about this. I wrote it, I don't know, probably a year ago or so. But the price list does that thing that irritates me. And they have a list of services, which I love. I love it when people give services, you know, so if you want to go out and hire a hireling, you know how much they make. And they say, you know, your, your minimum wage person, your, your peasant uh, makes one silver piece a day, which is awesome. But then when you look at any other price in the book and you try to figure out that in terms of the peasant, I mean, yes, they're supposed to be your minimum wage dirt poor person, but they can't afford anything. <laughs> if you look at chalk. Bag of small pieces, right? It's on your Dungeoneer equipment. <laughs> uh, so a little bag of chalk is two gold pieces. So for your average peasant, minimum wage person, your little hireling who makes one silver piece a day, a little bag of chalk is one month's wages. It's that good just chalk. <laughs> That's going to be pretty amazing chalk. I mean, he crimps up and saves everything he makes for an entire month. Doesn't eat, doesn't pay rent, nothing drinks only water from the, the horse's trough, and he can just afford to buy a bag of small chalk pieces. Candles, 12 candles is one gold piece. So that is 10 days wages. So about two weeks of wages for 12 candles. Again, all the, all the equipment, all the lists, they are priced for adventurers and they ignore the, uh, the, the little man. And that's just something that always, always irritates the, the heck out of me. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. That's that's my number one thing. Uh, like I said, I have a whole blog post about it, not just this book. Every game does it. And uh, I have a fix for that, which is pretty much just increase the wages of the poor man. Uh, or decrease the prices. Um, yeah, but it's a whole lot easier to increase the wages, right? Because then, in essence, what you're saying then is you have to go through this entire book and lower <laughs> every other price versus go into the hireling and just say, okay, you make one gold instead of one silver per day. Bam, done. And you did make me think of something I did forget as I was looking through the book. There's a section in weapons and armor that basically goes into how to change the size for the characters that are using it. Either it's too big or too small. Um, to me, it still has a feel, and I know you're disagreeing, that they're trying to make this a very valuable book by making D&D &D Dungeon Masters a hint, lack of a better way, how to run your game, or here's a good idea to make your game easier to work with. Okay. I, I don't have anything to add to that. Um, yeah, I don't, when, when, we were, when we were kind of talking about it without talking about it, I was just like, you know, I, I can come up with a bunch of things that I don't like, but they're all like little nitpicky things. Mm -hmm. um, Bonus one, it's not on my list, but bonus one, like things like the catapults and uh, ballistas and all that, right? They give prices, but I think what would be more useful, well, in addition to the prices, <clears throat> for those are times. 
how long will it take? Because you don't go down to Bob's ballista shop and buy a <laughs> ballista, right? You you got to go find the craftsman. You got to go ask him to build you one and he's going to build it for you. And how long is that going to take him? That's probably what matters more than the, well, just as much as the money, right? Because if your pl- players are going out to buy a ballista, they have something in mind. They are going to go conquer an evil tower or a dragon, maybe, I don't know, something. And so now there's a time pressure and how long is that going to take? And when you get to the armors, it never made sense to have Alan's shop of armor. You're going to go to the blacksmith and you're going to say, hey, can you make me a suit of plate? And he's going to measure you up and he's going to start making it. It's going to take him, I don't know how long, a few weeks, a few months, a day. I don't know. That's, I would love that kind of information in the book. And sadly, it's not there. All right. Anyway, we're supposed to be on the good list. So you already gave your number three good, my number three good. It's just the general usefulness of the book. We, I talked about that previously when you said you thought I had some weird items. I think that's a plus, not a minus. Great book uh, to give to a player. It's better than your normal one-page equipment list that's in the <laughs> core rule book of a game. So for that reason, I think it's useful. I think that's a good. That's my number three good. What's your number two good, James? You're going to hate it, but the equipment packs for the different ha! Uh, races. That, that's, actually, uh, that's actually my number two good as well is the packs. We agree, and we even put it in the same spot. I think packs are a good thing. I think when you have a character that just died, or you're quickly making a replacement character, or you have that new player that's coming in just for a week or whatever, it's so much quicker for them just to pick up a pack than it is to go through every item in the book. I think it's a plus. Anyway, I already interrupted you. Finish. No, no, I, I, I love it. I just wish they would have done more lists or better lists, because um, that's the one thing I've hated when trying to create a character is I've created the characters, class, everything, and now I have whatever I roll up, 140 gold pieces, and I now have to buy the armor, the sword, the so on and so on. It always feels like it's a grocery list that you you put 20 items on there that you can't afford, and now you have to start picking. What can I live without? So I would... I would argue that that's part of the whole point of the game, right? Is to make those meaningful choices that can benefit you or come back to bite you. I mean, that's in essence, that's the whole point of D&D of any role-playing game is to have a choice, make a choice and live with the consequence. Um, right. But but no, the... You don't like consequences. No, I don't mind consequences. <laughs> this is not my favorite thing. And we'll discuss that at another time. That, that but, should almost uh, be an episode. But like the equipment list, I like the idea one price it's all added up and here's what you have it's especially even if it's just the basic list a pack a bedroll a canteen or a skin whatever you want to call it it's just a basic list of this is what you need to survive not necessarily what you need to fight and uh, live but it's what you need to survive as you walk to that next dungeon one thing i did find interesting about the packs is that every class has like a water skin or a wine skin on their list, except for the magic user. I don't know if it was just overlooked or they think somehow magic users don't need to drink. Well, don't they have great food and wa- Oh, no, that's a cleric. Sorry. Wrong one. <laughs> anyway, but no, so my number two is, again, Pax. Uh, I agree with you. I already spoke about it. So that brings us to the number one. My number one, my favorite thing about this book, can you guess? No. Know, know what you know about me? No, is that I'm cheap, and so is this book. Oh, um, I wasn't thinking book, cost. <laughs> this book is free uh, as a PDF, uh, just like the entire basic fantasy line, by the way. It's really, 
a good line. Uh, it's well written, well produced. Uh, you can go to Basic Fantasy. I don't know, Google it. Basic Fantasy RPG. It will come up, and you can download their core rules. You can download this. You can download a whole bunch of modules. They're all legally free. They're all under the Open Game License, which is the other kind of free that I also like because then if I want to look at this, I can say, well, you know, I really like this. Let's change some of these things, prices though. I could do that legally, post it or publish it, whatever. And it's, it's okay. Cause it's all OGL stuff. So it's awesome that way. I can reuse it. I can make changes. I could publish my own book based on this. As long as I make it open under the OGL. I love that. I think it's awesome. And even if you want a print copy, like I have right here, like James has in his grubby little hands, um, <laughs> if you want to send a friend a really cheap Christmas gift, it's $4. $4 for the printed book. When was the last time you paid $4 for a, uh, a gaming aid? It wasn't in this century. Eh, maybe some of those little modules they came out for uh, 3E back in the beginning. But that is my number one thing for, for this book. <laughs> now, I'm going to go to number one, and I'm still... It was on my hate and love again. It is, the information is there to create interesting characters with some of the stuff that they have there. I started with the mounts. That was interesting. They actually have flying mounts. That helps there. They have, and I don't know on this here, I see his, your point about the full list, but there was an animal list for use, clothing, the household goods, yeah. I can see that preface, but the other fun thing were the vehicles. Now, I, I'm going to say this. I love it in general, but not this book was not the best example of it, and I, um, is the artwork. I love when they show the weapons. When I first started playing, I didn't know what a halberg was or many of the other fancy pole arms name because D&D just gave you a list. Later versions, it do give you a list. So I like the artwork to a point. It could have been done better, though. Uh, if you look at the reviews on Amazon, the number one complaint is the cover art. Um, yes. Everybody is complaining about the cover art. I don't get it. You don't judge a book by the cover. Uh, so that's my list. Uh, some just general thoughts. Do you want to give general thoughts? You want me to go first? I'll let you go first. All right. So my general thoughts. Overall, this is a useful book. Uh, like you, I would like it to be uh, more universal in nature, but then again, the basic fantasy RPG, it's in the title, basic fantasy. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. a fantasy RPG. It's an art. It's a clone. This isn't meant to be an everything book. It's meant to go for their game. And to that extent, I think it leans a little too heavy on their game because it would be nice if this could be more generic, but you got to do something. It's a editorial choice. I'm not going to ping them again, especially for four bucks slash free. No complaints there at all. It's not my favorite book of this type of thing. My favorite book is called An A Ten Foot Pole. It was made for the Rollmaster system uh, right around 2000 or so, right around that time frame. Uh, it's a great book. It has all different time periods. It lists how long it takes to make items still has little logical errors and it uses the funky to me uh rollmaster uh coinage system just too many coins brass and copper <laughs> and platinum and iron it, it's just too much stop being silly but again that book is locked down by copyright i can't take it and make it a little better i cannot find a pdf and legally give it to my players and say here use the bronze age list for this game 
I can't take just that list and post it because it's all on your copyright. This is nice and open. This is good. For what it sets out to do, I think this is a pretty good effort. When you make it free and or and or four dollars for the printed copy, I definitely can't complain. I think it's worth the four bucks. I would like to see some things better, but I mean we're human. We always want more. So overall, I'm in favor of this book. I give it a thumbs up. I like the book for what it was. I'm not gonna disagree with anything you just said. And we're gonna cut it out there, I believe. Yeah, we've gone along. You just gave, didn't give me an overall thumbs up, thumbs down. Eh, I like it for what it is. I just think they could have done a better job, but for what it is, yes, I would use it. All right. So that's two thumbs up, slightly qualified, but hey, <laughs> that's it. So we've run really long on this episode. I like to keep them 10 minutes. I allowed them to go up to 15 minutes. We're at almost 35. So we are cutting this one off. It was good talking to you, James. And you, Joseph. Let's have a fun. Have a good day. Have a great one. And all you listeners, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Decahedron Podcast. Send email to feedback at decahedron.com. Remember to spell decahedron with a K. Voice feedback can be sent through the Anchor website or by calling 562-RPG-CAST. That's 562-774-2278. Links are in the show notes. Music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, logo by Design Cat. Thanks for listening.